Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter number 1. I know this is a passage of Scripture that we would normally go to around Christmas time, but um, uh, I want to bring out some things I hope that will help us here on Baby Dedication Day. There are so many things that um, uh, I'd like to preach on any given Sunday. I see the events of the of the world that are happening around us, and I tell you, I could preach every Sunday on the Lord's coming again, and um, look to Scripture as prophecies being fulfilled, and so many, so many, so many things that uh, uh, we could preach on. Unfortunately, we only have 52 Sundays in a year, and um, can't get to every every single subject every single year, uh, and that's why it's so important as believers, as Christians, that you are in the Word of God, that you're studying, and that you are um, uh, studying the Scripture, staying close to the Lord, and allowing Him to speak to you through His Word. The home is another, another uh, area that uh, I wish I could take 52 weeks out of the year and preach on, because I believe no matter where you are in life, that's a topic that we need to hear. Whether you are single and looking to be engaged and looking to be married, you know, that's the time to really f- figure out and set some priorities in your life. Uh, I talked to, talked to Glenn, Glenn Myring. He uh, helps us with our uh, financial peace uh, university class that we do ever so often. And um, we were just talking just recently. He said, boy, I wish I could get to uh, people before they even start their marriage or start their career to help them understand the principles of finances and Many a times it's when we're in it too deep that we then search for help. Same thing maybe with parenting. When, when uh, we run into some problems, then we realize we need help. I think it'd be good for all of us to realize this, that we're humans and we need God's help in every area of our life, no matter what stage of life we're in. We can't do this without God's help. We can't live the victorious Christian life without God's help. And um, today I want, to, uh, I want to look to Matthew chapter number 1. Just with the thought of Baby Dedication Day, the, the parents of these children, they are deciding, they are determining that they want to raise their children in a godly home. In verse number 18 of chapter 1, the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The parents set the stage for a godly home. And I believe in this passage of scripture we're going to find when God was looking for two people, that would raise his son, Jesus Christ, here upon this earth, he found Mary and he found Joseph. 
Now, I think you'd agree with me that if you were going to have someone raise Jesus, if you were God, you would look for a home. Obviously, there's no perfect home. There's not a home where he can look where there's two, two people that were not sinners. Obviously, he had the human race to choose from and all the flaws that come with the human race. But there was something special about Mary and Joseph. And God allowed them and chose them. And it's just, with, uh, just like us, it's our responsibility as parents to have a home that has biblical convictions. I think in just this passive scripture, and we won't be able to see everything that I believe that we could pull out of this scripture, but I think you would find that here Mary and Joseph had biblical convictions. There was something different about their relationship with each other. And because of their relationship with each other had biblical convictions, it was a home that they could raise children in that would have biblical convictions as well. And so we desire as Christians to have homes that children are raised in, homes that parents have biblical convictions. And there are decisions that guide their home or decisions that are made based upon the word of God. And parents, I believe, must take special care to ensure that the Bible is obeyed and that the Bible is lived. And parents, listen to me, it's not enough for us just to simply have a Bible in our home. It's not enough for us to, on Sunday mornings, look for that Bible that we bring to church. The Bible isn't even something that's just quoted. It needs to be something that is lived in our home. It needs to be something that is important. It needs to take top priority in our homes, in our relationships with each other, and also in our relationships as parents as we're, we're raising our children. If God was looking for two people to raise his son, and he chose Mary and he chose Joseph, I believe this, that there's probably some principles that we can look at in their lives that would help us today. Now, if you say today, I'm not a parent, this message isn't for me, that's not necessarily so. You know, in society today, we have grandparents that are raising their grandkids. We have some that are raising children in single-parent homes. And maybe you say my ideal home, a husband and a mother, and, and that would be ideal, but that just, that just isn't the way that my home is made up. This morning, I want to help you and encourage you, no matter what, where you find yourself, no matter what place you find yourself in life, I believe there's biblical principles that you can apply to relationships uh, in your home today. And I know we're pressed for time this morning because of all the events, so I'm going to get right into it here this morning. In verse number 24, the Bible says this, And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Now we find in this passage of Scripture that God has set out to redeem mankind from their sin. Mankind was created in Genesis chapter number one. God created everything just by speaking. He created uh, uh, the, the trees, the grass, the sky, the heavens, the earth. And he, then he took the dust of the ground, the dirt that he had created, and he formed man and he breathed into this man the breath of life. And man, the Bible says, became a living soul. Man became a a living soul, and man in that living soul had a, options to decide, to make choices. 
And God placed mankind into this Garden of Eden, and he said, I want you to take care of this garden. I, I want you to be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and, and care and tend for this garden. But there's a tree in this garden that I don't want you to touch. And he placed this tree in the garden, and one day... Satan came along to Eve and began to tempt Eve, and, and Eve reached out and took that fruit of that tree and ate of that fruit of that tree and gave to her husband. And from that point forward, man began to die. Man, God created to worship him and dwell with him, but because of sin, man could not be in the presence of God. And God, from that point forward, in Genesis chapter number 3, laid out a plan for mankind he said this, that he's going to uh, send a, a redeemer, that there was going to be one that would come that would pay the sin debt of mankind because God was not satisfied man being separated. God was not satisfied mankind spending eternity without him. God desired to reconcile or redeem mankind back to him. And so from that point forward, the, the, the Messiah was promised. And for all the generations in the Old Testament, they were seeking and looking for the Messiah. And we come to the New Testament passage of Scripture, and in, in that time they were seeking a Messiah. They weren't seeking one to come and die on the cross. They were seeking one that would come and, and free them from the Roman occupation that was taking place there in Israel at that time. But the Bible says that Jesus came. God fulfilled his promise. What God said he would do, he fulfilled. He gave his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was born into this world. We find this glimpse into human history here, a conversation that took place with, with Mary, a conversation that took place with Joseph here about this Redeemer, this, this one Jesus Christ that would come. Jesus, the Bible tells us, was born as a baby, was born in a manger. We look at passages of Scripture like Luke chapter 2 around the Christmas season and we celebrate the, the birth of Jesus. But I want you to think this morning about that home that he was born into. That home. That home that would have the same struggles that you and I would have in our homes today. That home that would have the same struggles in the relationships with mom and dad. I want you to know this, that Joseph and Mary weren't perfect. Joseph and Mary, they weren't saints. <laughs> they were sinners. Jesus was perfect and Jesus was God and he was born into this home. But his parents, they, they needed to trust Christ as well. His brothers and sisters that were born after Jesus was born, they weren't, they weren't without sin. They were sinners as well. And so although Jesus was perfect and although he was God and although that he was, was born into this home, all those that around him struggled with the same things that we would struggle with today. You ever think about Mary and Joseph having a disagreement or a misunderstanding as Jesus watched? I mean, Jesus could have said in the middle of his parents' fights, why don't you both sit down? Let me help you with this. I mean, think about that. I mean, he was perfect. They weren't. He was God. They were flesh. But there are some things that Joseph and Mary did early in their relationship that I believe could help each one of us, whether it be in our parenting, whether it be in a marriage relationship, wherever you find yourself today, I want you to write this down. They listened to the word of God. They listened to the word of God. 
that was more than just something they said they did. They truly listened to the word of God. Now, I want you to think about this. Probably the most traumatic event that was ever going to happen in their life happened right here. Joseph and Mary were espoused to be married. They were, they were engaged, and, 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 and this espousal was even a higher level of engagement like we think of today. This marriage was, was happening, and the plans were in the works to be made, and their lives were, were, were uh, 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 being figured out here. And in the middle of this, Mary comes to Joseph and says, I'm with child. Joseph, knowing that he has not physically ever been with Mary, realized and knew this immediately. That child cannot be his. And what a traumatic time in their life. Mary to have to tell Joseph this and Joseph to have to hear this. You know, we, we live in a day that the Bible isn't seen as needed. The Bible isn't something that is commonly referenced Oh, I know it's referenced at weddings and funerals, but I'm, I'm talking about every day where we go to the Word of God and we seek the Word of God to find the truths that we need to live today. Do we live the, the, our lives in such a way to where we go to the Word of God and we find the truths that we need, or do we live our lives without even picking up the Word of God and going to it? I want you to see this morning that when Mary and Joseph were faced with trials, when Mary and Joseph were faced with a circumstance in the relationship, they listened to the word of God. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, that would repair relationships that some think are not repairable. That would fix parent and children that are struggling. That would fix siblings that aren't getting along. That would fix the, the friction in the home in this Christian environment where the word of God is what we listen to. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy three sixteen that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means this, that God breathed his words and when those that penned scripture, they weren't penning their own thoughts and they weren't penning their own desires and what they wanted the Christian community to hear, what they were penning were exactly what the Holy Spirit of God put upon their heart. As they were writing, it was the Holy Spirit of God that was moving that pen. Those words that were written there on those writings, they were coming directly from God himself. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And that means this, if the only thing that we have that is coming from the inspiration of God, listen to me, there's no other book that can claim it's from the inspiration of God. There's no other uh, uh, resource that you could find that could claim it's coming from the inspiration of God. The only thing... <clears throat> excuse me, that you would find in this world today that is coming from the inspiration of God is God's word, the Bible. Listen to me, if that be true, and we believe it is, the difference that could make in our homes and our lives, if we would listen to God's inspired word, whether it be in our finances or in our parenting and our, or relationships between a husband and wife, you know, all of those things God has instruction for. Every so often, and I'll be honest with you, I enjoy this when my son, my oldest, will come to me and he want to talk about something. He's discussing a lot of 
things in his life. And he dr- got drilled this weekend with the garden. He said, next month, Dad, is family day. And he says, I'd like you to come, he said, um, to, to, the, to the guard with us. And I said, that's your last one before you ship out. And that, all I have to say that is my wife just starts crying just to think that June's coming and he's going to leave. And I like when he tells me things and talks about things and asks me my advice. I can't always say that for the last however many years he's always sought my advice, but it seems like right now for some reason he thinks my advice is good. And I like that. And some of the things I have to be very careful because some of the things that he's asking me I think maybe are trivial and I don't give it the time that he deserves and needs. And as a dad, I have to caution myself. Small things. But I like it when he comes to me and says, Dad, what do you think? Dad, what do you feel? Dad, what do you think I ought to do? And the reason he does that is because he values what I'm going to say. He values my opinion. He believes that he can trust what I have to say. He believes that what I'm going to tell him is in his best interest and, 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 and I'm going to give him care and I'm going to give him attention in this matter. As I think about that with my relationship with my son and myself, I believe this, that God desires the same thing from us. The difference, though, between my son and myself is sometimes I don't know the answer. Sometimes I have to guess, and sometimes I have to give him an answer that is true, not necessarily what I want him to hear, but maybe what is truth. When it comes to God, what God gives us is always truth. The answer is that God gives us is always the right answer. I wish it would be true that every, every advice I gave to my son was always going to be good advice, and maybe at the moment I'm giving him what I believe is good advice, but I'm flawed at times, and sometimes my opinion isn't always the best. But you know what? With God, what he has to say, it's always true, and it's always right. We ought to listen to it. We ought to listen to the Word of God. Married couples don't you see this morning that your marriage can work. And your marriage can not only work, it can thrive if you allow God's word to guide you. When a husband and wife are determined that they're going to listen to the word of God, it, your marriage can thrive. I don't believe that we live in a, in a, in a day and age where marriages can't thrive and be spiritual. I believe more than ever we need to show our young people that there is such thing as a godly marriage. Moms and dads, don't you see if all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, don't you see the value then of of making that the supreme rule in your home? And your home can work and your home can thrive as long as you allow the Word of God to direct us. Listen, there's a lot of decisions that have to be made in parenting. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made in a, in, a, in a couple's relationship. And you can have a relationship that does work. You can have a relationship that does thrive. You can have a relationship that is a godly relationship, but only if you put God's word first. Do you know every other way could fail you? But God's word never will. I want you to write this down, number two. Not only do I find that in this passage of Scripture that they allowed the Word of God to guide them and lead them, 
Look with me in verse number 19. The Bible says this, And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, is minded to put her away privately. And we've looked at this passage of Scripture before many a times, especially maybe around Christmas time, and I've preached from this passage of Scripture on many occasions. But in verse number 19, Joseph had a desire and had his mind made up what he needed to do. All he was trying to determine is how now he was going to do it. As I read this passage of Scripture, I come to the realization that Joseph knew he had to put his wife away. That was what he knew he had to do. He was trying to now determine how. He didn't want to make her a public example. What am I going to do? In Joseph's mind, this marriage, this relationship, this, 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 this uh, a plan that they had is over. He wasn't dreaming now of, of the days of Mary and, and, and himself with this child that he knew wasn't his. He was thinking through, what is the right way to deal with this problem? How do I deal with Mary without maybe hurting Mary? How do I move on with my life knowing that Mary is not going to be a part of it? Now I want you to write this down. Number two, I see in this passage of Scripture that Joseph allowed the Word of God to trump his own human reasonings. You say, where do you see that? Before, before the dream, he was willing to, to not make her a public uh, example. He was minded or he knew he was going to put her away privately. But the Bible says in verse number 24, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. What happened between number, verse number 19 and verse number 24 and 25? What happened there? What happened there was this. He allowed God's word to trump any of his human reasoning. I find in Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, The trust in the Lord with all thine heart, to lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know what was happening was this. There was a situation that came in Joseph's life. In many of us, many of us, I, I would say all of us, are going to have situations in our lives that are going to come that we're really truly going to think through, and our desire is to think through this and make the right decision. But I want you to know this. Sometimes the decision that you make, that you may think is right in your own reasoning, it may be wrong, but you can't depend upon your own reasoning, but you must let God's word dictate, not your flesh. I believe this, Joseph, in his mind, rightly so, in verse number 19, he could have made this decision and been right. But he'd been wrong before God. And Joseph was allowing for not his reasoning to lean upon, but to trust in God's word. The angel Lord came to Joseph and said, Joseph, this is the way that it is. This is the truth that I want you to know. And Joseph then saying, all right, this might not make sense. And I don't understand all of these things. But one thing I do is I trust your word. And in trusting your word, I realize that I'm not always going to be thinking correctly. Listen, I want to submit to you this morning that not all of us are right all the time. I know there may be some sitting there that think that your way is always right and you're never wrong. But I want to tell you this, you are wrong because we're humans. And we ought not live a life that we're never wrong because that affects those that are around us. 
I'm so glad that the story we see in Matthew chapter 1 isn't a story of a man full of pride, isn't a story of a man saying, no, 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 I, I want it my way, isn't a story of a man saying, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, but we find a story of a humble man, we find a story of a meek man, we find a story of someone that says this, my life may be different now, but I'm going to let God's word and what he says dictate the decisions I make, not my own human reasoning. Circumstances can cloud a person's decision-making, can it? You ever been confused on what decision to make? You know, the reality is this, church. Every one of us have circumstances. Every one of us. You're sitting in a room full of people that have problems. You're sitting in a room full of people that have circumstances that if they don't make the right decisions can cause hurt. You know, I realize that every marriage has problems because every marriage involves two people. And where there's people, there's problems. There's no perfect family. I, on purpose, I on purpose give, speak often for numerous reasons, I speak often of my family. Number one is because I love my family. And number two, I speak of my family because I would never want anybody here in this church to think that because I'm a pastor, we have a perfect family. I have five kids, and you know what that means? I have five, I have five struggles just like you have if you have one to however many kids you have. I'm married to a woman. My wife is married to a man. Therefore, you know what? We don't always agree with each other. We don't. But in those times of disagreement, in those times of heartache, in those times of, of, of difficulty, it's not time for one of us or both of us to dig our heels in and stand for what we think. It's time for us to be submitted to the word of God and seek God's word and find out from God's word what is right. Because all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That means this, God's word is there so that we can know his mind. In every decision that we need to make, every important decision in life that must be made in our homes, in our marriages, in parenting, I can find the answer in God's word. You know, as humans, we always filter events through how does this make me feel. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but it's true. Somebody cuts you off while you're driving, you're not concerned how they feel, you're concerned how did that just make me feel? If something isn't done the way you want it done, the thing that goes through your mind is how does this make me feel? Even, even if we don't like it, the reality is we're human and that's what we do. And I'm sure Joseph here in this chapter is thinking how does this make me feel? I'm getting ready to marry a woman that is with child. How does this make me feel? And there's going to be in your home times that your children will disappoint you or your spouse will disappoint you and, and, and you're going to see it as how does this make me feel? You'll ask, how does this affect me? It's human nature. But Joseph teaches us something so different. 
Joseph here in this passage of Scripture teaches us something very, very different than the natural, how does this make me feel? He chose to make a decision based upon God's Word. And listen to me, whenever there's a circumstance that comes into your home and you choose to make a decision based upon God's Word, are the problems still there? Yes. Does it change the situation? No, the, the issue, the circumstance is still there. So what changes then to happen if we base our decision upon God's word? The outcome is what's different. Because if Joseph would have made his decision based upon how does this make me feel, he would have put Mary away. He would have chosen to live his life. But he chose to say, God, what do you want? God, what do you say? And instead of how does this make me feel, it's God, what do you desire for me to do? And the outcome was different. The outcome was this. He took Mary to be his wife. He took Mary and said, I'm going to care for you. I'm going uh, to care for this child. I might not understand fully what God is doing in our home, but I do understand this, that if I trust the Lord and lean not into my own understanding and all my ways acknowledge him, what's going to be different is the outcome outcome is going to be different. I'm sure of this. There's a lot of hurt that could be avoided. There's circumstances that come, but the hurt doesn't have to be there if when those circumstances or those trials or those difficulties come, instead of us saying, how do I feel or what do I think, instead of us doing that, we could see a totally different outcome if we said, God, what does your word have to say? We make our decisions based on that. You see, when we choose to trust the Lord and we choose to follow his word, the outcome is always different. And I'm reminded of Romans 8, 28. The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. I want you to write this down. I've got two more things, but my time is done. I just want to give you these thoughts, and I want you to write these down. Verse number 25. And he knew not her not till she had brought forth her son and called his name Jesus. I want you to write this down. Number three, seek to minister to those. Seek to minister to the needs of those in your home. Seek to minister to the needs of those in your home. Joseph put away what his needs were, and he said, I'm going to minister to, to Mary. Listen to me, your home could change today if you put others first. Don't be selfish. Determine to bless them. Determine, wake up each day and determine you're going to bless those that are in your home. I think that's why the Bible says not to carry your, your anger in, 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 into to the evening and, 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 and rest and sleep while you've got an angry heart because you'll wake up with that angry spirit. But if you determine, you know what, yesterday was yesterday and today is a new day and I'm going to bless those in my home. I'm going to honor those that are in my home. I'm not going to carry grudges from yesterday to today. I'm not going to let those things define my home. But I'm going to wake up this morning and I'm going to look at those that God has blessed me with and I'm going to bless them. Don't get frustrated when you don't get your way. And then realize your greatest work is always allowing God to work in the lives of those you love. 
Realize your greatest work is allowing God to work in the lives of those you love. God was working in the life of Mary and Joseph says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to position myself so God can work. And then number four, write this down, please. Verse number 21, the Bible says, And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Number four, make it about Jesus. Make your home about Jesus. Mary and Joseph got to make their home all about Jesus, and he changed everything. My little Chloe, she was so burdened for our neighbors. I told you last week or two weeks ago, she took a Bible over and took it to their home and knocked on their door and had a Bible and a Awana brochure, a track, a little handwritten note. She went, knocked on their door, and they took it, and she came back and said, do you think they liked it? The next day, she said, I think they liked it. They didn't return it, and we just kind of got a laugh out of that. Thursday, Michelle was here at the ladies' Bible study, and my other four girls were with her at that. And so it was just me and Chloe, and I had to stop home for something. And so I stopped home, and she asked if she could just play out front while I was uh, picking something up, and, and she did. And I saw she was over at the neighbors. They just happened to be out. And she came running back over when it was time to leave. She got into my truck, and she says, Dad, you'll never believe it. I said, what? She says, I asked them. Did they like the Bible? And they said, yes, we read it every day. And she said, then I asked them, did you get saved? And they said, we didn't get to that part yet. And she says, I think we need to get the old part of the Bible for them so that they might get saved if we give them the old part. I said, well, it's the Old Testament, and I think they'll be all right with the New Testament, you know, babe, right now. I looked over at her and I said to her this, I said, I'm so glad that you're making Christ important in your life. And I thought this, her parents need to make Christ important. The best thing you can do in your home is make Christ the center. Make him important. You know, every decision that was made from that point forward, you know what it had to do? It had to include Christ. It had to include Jesus. He messed up all their plans. It'd be good for some of us to let him mess up all of our plans. We'd think different. We'd act different. We'd do things different. Our homes would be different if Christ was the center of them.